Welcome to season two of Ben the Podcast. We appreciate you being part of this conversation. I'm Deb. And I'm Lillian. And we have occasional contributions from Leo the Retriever. Yeah, see if you can spot him in our episodes this season. <laughs> Hopefully this season will challenge your beliefs, spark creativity, and disrupt what it means to be well. We're coming to you from the traditional and unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe. Enjoy today's episode and thanks for listening. Um, welcome everybody to this week's episode of Bend the Podcast. Uh, we are here today with Beatrice Lasso. She is a, a yoga student, a yoga teacher, mental health advocate, and importantly, she's the founder of Women of Color Remake Wellness, um, an organization that is based out of Ottawa. Welcome, Beatrice. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, us yeah, too. We're really happy that you're here today. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I guess we can start if you want to just maybe say a bit more about who you are and what Women of Color Remake Wellness is. Yeah, for sure. So as Lillian mentioned, uh, I'm Beatrice. I'm the founder of Women of Color Remake Wellness. I wear different hats. I'm a yoga teacher, work for the government full time, do trail running, a recent puppy mom. So lots of <laughs> things. Uh, but the most important uh, title that I love right now is being the founder of Women of Color Remake Wellness. We are in a community-based organization based in Ottawa. Our objective is essentially to bridge the gaps when it comes to health and wellness within the Ottawa, um, Ottawa space. One of the things that we've noticed is that when it comes to the health and wellness discussion, a lot of time we don't see representation and diversity in those discussions. BIPOC women are often not included. And if they are included, it's not that much representation. So our organization essentially acts as a platform where we're able to provide a space for BIPOC women where they can be able to mobilize their voices, be able to have those discussions, but also when they do go to a panel discussion, they'll be able to see someone who looks like them who can actually understand their lived experience. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a really, um, a really necessary organization. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 How, when did you guys, when did you found, when did you found the, the organization Beatrice? So I started the organization last year actually. And I feel like it's one of those things that I should have started a little bit more early mm. <laughs> because it's like every time I have a conversation with other yoga teachers, other BIPOC yoga teachers, or even those involved in the wellness space, we continue to have those conversations of saying, oh, you don't teach at that studio. Do you know someone who does? Do you know any BIPOC or Black person who teaches at that studio? Is that person going to be part of that final discussion? And the answer is always no. And <laughs> it's also a constant conversation that we keep having. And for some reason, just, I guess, no one has taken the steps of saying, you know, we're just going to end this conversation right now and take that first steps. And how I started was essentially just being at work, having that same conversation again and deciding if I want to like, and this issue, I need to do something about it. Otherwise I need to stop having this conversation because you can talk all day, <laughs> that's great, but that word has to be implemented as well. So taking that action is the most important thing. So yeah, just having during my break time, I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna create this page and see what happened. The name was Wellness for All Ottawa, I believe. And it was very vague and everyone's like, this is a great thing, but like, what do you, what do you like, what's your plan? Like, what's the target audience? I'm just like, 
I don't know. I literally just created this during my lunchtime. <laughs> people are into it. So let me like come back in a week once I have everything figured out. And yeah, and just I was able to contact one of the girls who I also teach yoga with, uh, Kathy. And she's like, yeah, here, I'll help you with it. So let's get this thing together. And with her help, I was able to develop this sort of uh, vision and also sort of narrow down the objective from the page as to like what we are and like who is our target audience. Wow. I, I, as I'm listening to you, I think, wow, I do a, I do a variety of things on a break or on my lunch hour, but nothing like that. That's epic. That's, that's really big. It is. I highly don't recommend it. People are very impulsive when it comes to doing certain things. And this is one of those things I'm like, it was very much impulsive decision, which is great, but also really bad because I'm like, I didn't plan for it at all. And also the amount of labor and work that goes into it. Now thinking about it, I'm just like, I don't know how I would have been able to do it. And I feel like COVID has been such a blessing in the sense like because I am working from home, like I can like during my break, I can just like go online, finish all the work that I need to get done. If someone say, hey, can you interview? Like, can we interview? I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm at home. Do you want to do it before I start work during my lunch break? So I feel like COVID was sort of that sort of blessing in disguise of saying like you're gonna be home 24 7 so if you're gonna go in let's dive in let's take this thing let's see what happened from it. Hmm. Hmm. yeah so it made it a bit more manageable then oh for sure. although it's I don't know it still sounds like a lot for sure <laughs> Did, so your, your friend agreed to kind of help you but then how does it how do things evolve from there as you know your friend decides to help you and and it becomes maybe, I don't know, sometimes projects become bigger when I speak about them. I don't know if it was the same for you. Tell, tell us more about how, how things evolve. Yeah, so I felt like it sort of grew into this thing that I wasn't expecting at all. And last year was sort of the beginning of it. And this year, it's just like really showing me like, this is a full-time job. And I'm like, I don't feel like I have the I guess the resource and also just like the capacity to be able to do it so like Kathy doesn't help with that anymore because it was just like her saying I'll give you a hand but this is your thing so do your thing here <laughs> this is all you so in terms of like the help I was able to get some few people to volunteer with me which has been really amazing it was just helping me a lot this year and also like end of last year but at the end of the day I feel like with any project if you're sort of the leader it's a lot of the work is going to be on you so even though you have the help, you have to do the heavy lift, especially if you're not paying people, but rather they're just volunteering their time. It's like the heavy work, you have to do it. And I'm just realizing right now, it's just like, it's a lot. <laughs> like this week, I'm like, okay, we're preparing for next week. Next week is mental health week in, in Canada. So it's like, yes, I'm getting all these help, but the backward, I need to like update the website. I need to like contact all these people. So it's a lot, but at the same time, I feel like, it's knowing like this is something that I'm happy doing and like I take a lot of pride in doing it and knowing that there is there is a space for there's a need for a space like this that allows me to just keep going on and just say you know what I'm done with today <laughs> today might be stressful mm -hmm. I just don't want to give up because I'm like you know what you have to do it people are counting on you and that sense of accountability makes me just want to keep doing it regardless of how big this thing is getting out of because mm -hmm. it's just like knowing mm -hmm. there's people who count on you and that space is for them so you have to you have to you have to be okay with it <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and really believe and have a larger vision right at the times when you feel like why am I doing this perhaps exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um 
One piece of what you're doing that I really wanted to make sure that we talked about is the BIPOC therapist directory for mental health, um, mental health counselors and therapists. Um, this is, I think this is something recent that you've just released right in the last month or so. Yeah. So we actually um, released at the beginning of this month like, yeah. or end of last month. Sorry. And I, I think this is such an important project and such an important resource to put out um, for the Ottawa community and surrounding area, right? I think I mentioned to you, Deb and I, we live and work um, in small rural area west of Ottawa in Lanark County. Um, and to be honest, our community mental health resources don't have a lot of representation from the BIPOC community. So people living in our areas who are seeking support, it's, I, I think it would be really challenging. And I think to have um, a resource list like this that you've created to, for people to be able to go to, to access people within the BIPOC community. It's so important. First, like, thank you for doing that. And and second, wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you kind of why, why this project came to fruition and why you saw it as being um, an important piece. Yeah, for sure. Um, Like, it's one of those things that I'm really proud of, actually, because just dealing with my own mental health and like having the challenge of trying to explain to my mom, like, what is mental health? It's so challenging. And just having gone through that, like I'm like, we're right now, right now we're like in a place where she does have a better understanding of it. And knowing like there's like, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm crazy. It's just mean like the chemical in my brain just don't balance sometimes. <laughs> so I need like all these tools to help me with it. And like, it took a long time. And I'm just trying to like, in, like coming with this project was, was trying to imagine other BIPOC parents or BIPOC children start to have those conversations with their parents, not knowing how to really describe it. But if you do have a therapist who speaks like their language, they're able to conceptualize that notion of mental health in a more clear way. Because again, my mom speaks English, but for me to explain to her in English, it just goes over her head. She's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you mean. So like having someone else who can like speak her first language say like, this is mental health. This is what it is. And it doesn't necessarily mean like your daughter is great. It just means that she needs, like, you know, her brain sometimes just says, you know what? Too much stress. So we need medication. We need therapy. That's okay. So I think that was like where the, the need to have that project came from. was just like referring to my own experience and how much of a challenge it was. And like, if, I, if I'm able to use this platform to make it easy for the next, the next person, I feel like I've done my job. And I can say like, you know what? My experience was very hard, but like the next person, their experience is gonna be less harder than mine. And I'm happy with that. Great points. I, I think that um, sometimes people don't, don't understand that. As you say, even your mom, right? Who might know you really well, understand what it is you need and, and the kind of ways that you might need it and how, um, I'm just thinking about people listening who may say counseling is counseling. doesn't matter who's doing the counseling or who's offering you the support. And, and while I don't believe that, um, I, could, could you explain why it's important for people to see themselves represented in, in the supports they, they seek? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, yeah, you make a really good point. It's like, everyone's like, you're just going to say counseling is counseling, which is fair. It's a valid point. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we all have different upbringing. So my mm-hmm. trauma is going to be completely different from your trauma because of how I was raised, how my parents were raised and their cultural mm-hmm. norms and normative and cultural mm-hmm. norms and values that they've raised me with is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. So for me to go to a white cis um, female therapist, I might have a lot of experience with her or she might be able to help me just because I was 
I grew up most, most of my time here in Canada. For someone else who didn't necessarily grow up most of their lifetime in Canada, they're not going to be able to like have that sort of communication at all. Like their therapist is not going to be able to understand their lived experience because again, mm-hmm. they grew up in a white household and the other person didn't. So for you to say like, well, my parents were very harsh on me. They like hit me, which is normal, like not a big deal. But for that therapist, they might just say, well, no, that's actually abuse. Like that's mm-hmm. not okay. But you might say like, no, it's not actually. Like it's a different cultural thing. So I think mm-hmm. just having that sort of having, being able to see someone who can sort of understand your lived experience and say like, I understand where you're coming from. And this is how I'm going to be able to help you with it. I think that's the most important thing mm-hmm. to know sort of like lived experience. We all have different lived experience, but some people have similar one and being able to relate on that level is so important for your healing mm-hmm. and for your journey, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I completely agree. And, and I think that, you know, in, there's lots of evidence to tell us that one of the best indicators of success, however you define success in, in therapy is, is that, um, relationship that, that, um, fit with the counselor. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and fit is about more than just, Oh, the philosophy or the, the approach she uses or the, you know, the, the vibe in her office, it's, it's so much more. And I think you're pointing to all of those things really important. And I think it's something that people maybe don't, um, don't fully understand regardless we all bring different things into those relationships but yes you've explained it really well thank you for that I hope I hope that that helps the people listening having you know I try and try and you know bring the listener's perspective in sometimes because um you know I listen to podcasts or I listen to the radio and I find myself yelling at the radio asking you know wishing they would ask a question so that's kind of what I try to do sometimes even though I agree with what you you know I think you and I maybe had the same starting point but I appreciate how you explained it so thank you that's good yeah. Yeah. Um, can you tell us how, how it's been received this therapist direct directory to start, perhaps it's a, it's fairly new, a new offering that you've put out there. Have, what kind of feedback have you had? It's been very positive. Actually. I feel like a lot of time when we put stuff out there, it's been always positive, which is really great. But then there are times where I'm just like, are you guys just being positive with this? Are you being positive or like what's going on? But yeah, it's been extremely positive so far. And I had a conversation with someone recently and they're like, oh yeah, I was able to use your resource. And I'm just like, this is really great. This is the story that I want to hear more often. It's like people actually, when you do use these resources, say, hey, like, I was able to use because that sort of validates like there is this need for this resource and like knowing that people are actually going the, on the website and searching for it that shows me like okay it's good mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not people preaching for the sake of saying it's good because they feel like they have to but rather it because there is actually value to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i'm just thinking as you're as you're talking about this directory that must have been a lot of work like did you seek people out did people did you put a request out to people to see to contact you how did how did you put it together I'm sure it was a huge project it is yeah so we were lucky for this directory we were able to collaborate with the Lotus Movement they're another community-based organization in Ottawa that focus on mental health in East Asian community so it was more of a collaborative um, process but yeah it's a lot of work for this round we basically put a call out saying like we're looking for a bipod therapist if you have information submit your information i found that calling call out is easier than me actually doing the active role of reaching out yeah which is sort of like the next steps but then i'm like i need to take at least a vacation (laughs) from work (laughs) to be able to do this so it's some 
something that I'm like considering during the summer of taking like a week off of work of just saying like reaching out to people saying, hey, can we include you? So yeah, call out was sort of our method for this round to just sort of see what much, how much labor is actually is involved in it. And it's a lot of labor <laughs> because yeah. like, yes, you're getting people to send your, send their information, but then it's like back and forth, like making sure like the information is accurate. And even though if you do post it, they're like, you still get callbacks or emails saying like, hey, you missed this, so can you go fix it? So <laughs> there's that component as well. And also like the website development, I feel like I, like my knowledge of website development has gone up <laughs> as a result of it. So it's a lot of labor and work, but at the same time, I feel like it's one of those like projects that I'm really proud of because I feel like it challenged mm -hmm. me and I was able to make like the most of my personal experience to create something very much needed within our community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's a living document, you know, it'll change mm -hmm. and adapt as, as more therapists come, come forward or more practitioners come forward for you. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's and definitely it, like a living document. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's, it's just reflecting the Ottawa community or is it, is it larger right now? So right now it's basically all of Canada, but vast majority oh, cool. of our community uh, supporters and also our I guess our community are basically people in the Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto region. So we yeah. have a lot of people from Ottawa and also these uh, the two regions that I mentioned, Toronto and Montreal. And yeah, like so far that's sort of the focus of it, but we're hopeless to expand beyond those three regions because everything is online right now. So mm -hmm. if you're a therapist, like you can easily just do a Zoom discussion with them or just like over the phone. So mm -hmm. yeah, just right now, those three regions. That's one one benefit we've talked about. I think we've talked about a little bit on the podcast, but the accessibility of mental health services has increased in some way due to COVID because a lot of therapists before weren't, you know, people weren't as accessible um, when you had to see people in person. Right now, like Deb and I work in mental health out here in Lanark County. If we have someone who's part of the BIPOC community who wants a BIPOC therapist, we're like, here you go, check this out. And they can access somebody in Ottawa or access somebody in Toronto, Montreal, wherever. So yeah, yeah, that's what, one benefit that I, I try to focus, uh, try to focus on the benefits for, with COVID. Yeah. And that's one that I think about sometimes a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like the, like COVID has been such like a blessing in disguise for so many things. Like, yes, there's like, we shouldn't overlook the negative aspects of it, but also there's like the positive aspect of it is that accessibility of things, like things are, everything is shifted online. And if you look at different, like, organization who were before saying like working from home is not an option at all all of a sudden it's like yeah it's an option <laughs> mental mm -hmm. health wasn't something that was discussed a lot in the public space now it's like everywhere you look there's like discussion about mental health so it's like it's bad but also now we're like having all these discussion making work easy for some people some people who are like been begging for like years to say like I need to work from home because like, I just feel mentally exhausted having to like commute to work now that is an option for them. And it's like the blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. And <laughs> I, I really appreciate what you said about all of that in terms of COVID and, and kind of reframing the, the good stuff about it and the mental health piece. I think you're absolutely right. We're, we're talking more, I mean, society and you know um the media is talking more about mental health having different conversations about mental health but i think also personally interpersonally uh, certainly from my perspective i'm talking to my neighbor about how they're doing you know as i walk and say like and not just how are you doing or it might be how you're doing and the neighbor will say Oh, it's been a really rough week. Like it, we never would have talked like that before, you know, and, and even people I know peripherally that I might run into at the grocery store or people really 
we're having more open discussions about our mental health, which I've really appreciated. Yeah. I was just yeah. thinking of like a recent phone call I had with my mom because like I call her often and she's like, oh yeah, so how's your anxiety? Like, I'm going to see my doctor. Do you need me to like say anything? I'm just like, no. <laughs> but it's like the COVID mentality <laughs> of saying like checking on people, not just saying, how are you doing? But rather like, how are you mentally doing? Mm-hmm. How's all these things? So it's like, it's great. <laughs> the positive of mm-hmm. the framing of, as you said, the framing of COVID, it's like, yeah, it's bad, but also there are some positive things that came out of this situation and we sort of need to like highlight them sometimes and not overlook them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when we're feeling kind of worn out by it. So yes, I, I completely agree and helpful. Certainly we've, we've talked a lot more I think on the pod, we talk about mental health, but we've had, yeah, um, I think discussions because of, of COVID certain discussions. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to dig into there for sure. Um, what kind of things I know you said that you're kind of a one person show with, with women of color remake wellness in terms of, you know, the admin stuff and the vision stuff, what, um, it doesn't sound like you're somebody who coasts very much, but what, maybe you're going to coast for a bit. What, what plans have you got now that you've got this directory out? I'm sure that was a big project. Like what, what are your goals? Are you just good where things are at now? Oh, no, I wish. <laughs> I, wish. Always like I didn't, I, <laughs> you seem like a pretty focused or driven person. So that's why I kind of framed it that way. But tell us it's more. Positive and negative. I need to learn to like take like time off. So yeah, mm. so the directory is done. So now the focus like the mental health week uh, that's coming up actually starting next uh, tomorrow. So we have a lot of uh, Instagram live events focusing on mental health discussions. So that's going to be happening this coming week. And yeah, then we're preparing for Indigenous uh, People's Day, which is happening next month. Uh, yeah, in June. So our goal now is to sort of focus on that, <laughs> contacting other local organizations within the Ottawa area and collaborating with them, finding speakers as well, so they can talk about essentially the issue of like health and wellness within Indigenous communities, which is like really important right now. So that's one thing that we'll be focusing on and hopefully developing a different directory because we've noticed like this is something that there's definitely need for it. So now our goal is to sit down with our team and say, okay, what are other directories that people are saying like we really need it right now beyond just like the mental health and the yoga what is what else is missing and focus our energy towards that and hopefully mm-hmm. if we're able to do live things or like pass this lockdown host like a live workshop or even retreats that would be ideal but you know mm-hmm. with COVID I feel like things are just constantly changing it's like oh we're planning for this thing nope cancel mm-hmm. it postpone for another two months or three months yeah so that's our goal mm-hmm. a lot of things happening but yeah a lot of things <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. what what other directories do you think are needed what what are I'm curious as you say that what what so do you think? One, the one that we like one of my team we had a discussion about was OBGYN so that's one that we're thinking about because again I feel like it's a lot of physicians are like cis white male or females but like there's even though BIPOC do exist they're very much limited I don't remember going to like living in Ottawa I don't like remember going to any BIPOC physician before so I feel like that's definitely a space that there's definitely a need for a directory like that so that's sort of our focus right now like doing a bit of research before sort of jump onto that wagon of saying there is a gap missing in this space so yeah OBGYN is definitely a space that we're looking into next. 
Mm. Oh, that's, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That would be really helpful for people, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I think the, the more directories like this you put out there, the more people are going to respond like, thank you. I think it's really important, this, this, these directories that you're creating for people. We, yeah. we spoke to a woman um, in our first season. Um, uh, we told her story of being a racialized woman in a, in a rural setting. We, we contacted her about a different topic and that's what she came back with. She said, no, this is what I really want to talk about. And we had a, a really cool discussion, but this issue came up in terms of, you know, the, the people in her life, the teachers, the dentists, the doctors that she never saw herself reflected in her own community, in, in, you know, the supports in her life and just the impact of that, right. Rurally or not. Mm -hmm. and, and something as intimate as an OBGYN, I mean, to start, right, that's, that would go a long way. Yeah, and I feel like it's a matter of comfort. I feel like some people just feel comfortable when they see other people who look like them, who again, have their lived experience that allows them to feel like, okay, I'm safe, I can just like relax and breathe. Mm -hmm. And I feel like ask the questions they need to ask without the, like, I'm going to be given a a look that may might make me uncomfortable so I think yeah it's definitely one of those especially like you mentioned if it's something that's that intimate you need someone who will make you feel comfortable and you should be able to go in there and say like okay I can relax here's all the questions that I have can you help me with it and not feel like you're going to be criticized mm -hmm. for yeah yeah and focus on the right things like you you direct that conversation focusing on the things that you're there for rather than maybe the internalized stuff that the person's presenting as your caregiver uh, right yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, folks who are, you know, who are intersectionally privileged, like I am, we don't think about that stuff. And, and I'm, I'm sad about that. Um, and I, yeah, thank you for bringing that, that point up. I think that that's so important. I, I really appreciate that. And I hope that people listening um, understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Maybe do you want to, do you want to talk about just your, your other pursuits? You're an yeah. avid, that question we have about outdoors. Yeah. Do you want to ask that one, Lily? Okay. Sure. You're an avid hiker, yogi, climber, and know, um, we know how much movement in nature has helped us and helped a lot of the people that we've been talking to this past year, um, just, you know, for their well being in general. So I guess we wanted to just ask how, how have you been able to stay well through this last year during COVID and how have these things all played a part? for you and uh, for yeah, just having the outdoor has been such a benefit mm -hmm. because I'm such an active person and I like to be active when I'm I call my workout time as my quality time so I tend to honor those times it's like after work if I'm like I'm done work I'm not gonna respond to your emails until I'm done my quality time <laughs> so yeah so I think just being in the nature has really helped me a lot and also just has has normalized things in certain parts where like when you are in nature things just don't appear like you are in COVID. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry like the puppies like run jumping on me oh that's <laughs> so, that's okay <laughs> okay perfect I'll start over if you want no, that's okay. no it's no I think a, I think a puppy in COVID is all part of it right <laughs> we've had my dog make some appearances on some episodes too so we're good that's good uh yeah so I think just being in nature has really helped a lot in terms of just like keeping things normal and giving me that sense of things being normal I feel like when you are in the city you don't see people on the street at all so it gives you that sense of like there is actually a pandemic happening whereas when you are out in nature 
you sort of forget for like God knows how long you're out there. It's just like, okay, things are back to normal for that certain period of time. And that has helped me a lot, which is feeling like disconnecting from what's actually happening up here, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I hadn't really put it in that kind of context. I've always found that being outside and being in nature helps, but I love the way you just described that about, you know, it, nature doesn't know about COVID or when you're out in, on a trail or out on a hike, it's, it's the same. And maybe there are fewer people or maybe you interact with people on the trail differently, but um, yeah, that's a really good point. And that, that has a huge impact on us, doesn't it? It does. And it's, I feel like it's such a privilege at the same time, because mm-hmm. I always, I recently did a discussion regarding the lack of diversity on trails and just the outdoors. And I was just mm-hmm. like, when I was doing the research, I just realized how privileged I am because I have a car. I'm able to drive there. I live close to Gadro Park. So I'm able to like drive there and not take that long. I have the equipment to be, I have the equipment and knowledge. So I feel like it's such a blessing, but also realizing like I'm privileged to be able to enjoy the outdoors because a lot of people are just not able to because they just, in terms of affordability, it's not affordable for them to do so. They can just like say, you know what, I'm going to take the weekend off because they might be working or they don't have a car to be able to drive there. So it's it's bittersweet in that sense of like, it's something that I look forward to, but I also know like there are other people who are just not able to. And it's it's sad because I'm like, I enjoy so much. I gain so much benefit out of nature, especially mm-hmm. right now. Yet mm-hmm. not a lot of people are able to gain that benefit. Yeah. And so important. That's why it's so important during this lockdown that the government initially, they said, you know, they're closing down parks and some of those public spaces and they've changed that luckily. Hey, because wow, that, that wouldn't leave any of us feeling any better at all. Yeah. Right now with yeah. the Gadno, um, Gadno border green clothes has been quite a challenge for me. Oh, right. like, oh yeah, great, I right. suppose. Right. Yeah, Ottawa has great trails, but then I'm like, I prefer the Gatineau one. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. definitely been a challenge. <laughs> yeah, for those people listening who aren't from Ontario or Quebec, yeah, there's a border issue, right? They're controlling who crosses the border right now due to our numbers. But, oh, I hadn't thought about that part. That would be frustrating for sure. Mm-hmm. I did hear, though, that the the, um, the city is opening spaces on the weekends for people to cycle and stuff. So, I mean, while that's not nature, it's urban space that people can use to get outside at least. Yeah, and I feel like I, because I live closer to the Rita Canal, so I pass by Liz, uh, Queen Elizabeth, the road, and it's, it's actually quite busy. <laughs> when you go out there, it's actually really busy, which makes you sort of wonder, like, is COVID really happening right now? Why is it so crowded? I mean, it's great to see people being outdoors, but just the sense of, like, everyone being outdoors at the same time makes you sort of want to go back in <laughs> instead of saying, let's yeah. the traffic dies a little bit down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I haven't been to the city for a while, and I can imagine that, yeah, people, especially if you're living, you know, where you don't have a lot of space, even, even, if you live in the city, nobody has a big yard, right? It's just this, it's just the way the city is. And if you're in an apartment, you don't have a yard at all. So I am sure people are just, it's spring, right? And people are desperate to get outside and just, ah, mm-hmm. oh, stuff you don't think about when you're not in the city for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have favorite trails that you uh, use the Gatineau Park or are there, or are they well-kept secrets? You don't want to reveal any places that you like to really go. <laughs> I'm like, sharing. I share them a lot. Uh, oh, good. good. So, I just go with the like the parking lot numbers, so P36 yep. or O'Brien, mm-hmm. I think, or so O'Brien Beaches. So that's my go-to place. I prefer that. I tend to run that a lot. 
and it's like mm -hmm. comfort zone because I'm familiar with it. I just feel extremely safe. Mm -hmm. So that's the one that I always go to. And also P1, that's another one. If you're looking for a really good challenge, if you're running or hiking, mm -hmm. lots of elevation. So that's a second one to go to. Yeah, those two and Wolf Trail. I feel like that's the most popular one that most people know about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those three are sort of my go-to places. Oh, thank Lovely. you for that. I always I'll like recommendations for mm -hmm. sure. You can bring, you can bring your dog when you go hiking on those trails. So I haven't done that yet because I got him during the holiday season of last year and yeah, this winter snow <laughs> wasn't really an option, but of now course. that he's like big enough, I'm really hoping to be able to take him on the trail soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That sounds, sounds cool. And it's good that you can, you can, some parks you can't. So very cool. Uh, having a pet changes things, doesn't it? In terms of just how you think about moving around and outside. And I don't know, it has for me, I don't know, has it, has it for you, Beatrice? It has. Yes. I feel like I was talking to one of my coworkers actually on Friday because she's like, oh yeah, so how's the puppy? I'm like, it's great, but I'm concerned now that people are getting vaccine because that means we're going to be back in the office soon. So now it's like, what am I going to do? With oh, yeah. <laughs> so I like, need to figure out this whole budget. But yeah, I feel like it definitely changes your life. But at the same time, just working from home has made it easy because I'm home 24 seven, but it's also the negative side is that he's developing really bad anxiety, separation anxiety, because he's with me all the time. <laughs> but I feel like at the end of the day, like it's, it's an investment. I like, I, I, I would say get a pet if you can, if you can afford it, if you have the means and time to be able to care for them, because there's such a reward. And I feel mm -hmm. like if you're a single person, you're living by yourself, you're like, I just need a companionship, get a pet, but just mm -hmm. make sure like, you do the research and actually can like make the time and effort to whether it's like waking up early to go for a run or a walk you need to be prepared for that because it does come with a lot of like loving but also lots of headaches lots of concern <laughs> running to the bed when like there's a minor thing so just be ready for that yeah no kidding you certainly won't be alone with the return to work and what do I do with my pet thing because lots of us including the two of us got <laughs> got pets during COVID right mm -hmm. so yeah yeah. I mean, it's really great, but then like most shelters are like, they just don't have any puppies or any like dogs to be adopted. So now the concerns like what's going to happen once people are back to normal and people are realizing that they just can't have, they can't like be able to have pets because they're working maybe over time most of the time or just can't afford to like have mm. a dog there. So like right now I feel like I'm lucky because my work building is close to where I live. So I'm like, okay, I can just easily come during my oh. lunchtime. I don't mind waking up early for that extra walking time. So that's okay with me, but it's like thinking about that with people just don't have that option. And I feel like shelters are going to be over flooded with probably like just pets are being returned because people just can't take care of them anymore. And it's yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's mm -hmm. the expectation or reality that many shelters would be facing after COVID. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's hard to think about, but you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, you know, you don't, I feel the same way. I don't know how I would have done it, especially in the puppy phase, if I was working full-time in the office, right? Yeah. But I was, I was home. I, I still have been able to be home and yeah, I'll be in the same boat as you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll have to have a whole other podcast when yeah. that happens, right? For all what of happens to the dogs once all the adults <laughs> go back to work? <laughs> Uh, yes, we'll have to gather a panel for sure. Yeah. We'll keep that in our list for hopefully, hopefully, yeah, we'll figure something out by then. Yeah. Um, Beatrice, what does wellness mean to you? I'm sure you 
I would think that, you know, you've created a whole organization or a whole, um, service or a whole, you know, um, the, this women of color remake wellness, I'm sure you think about it a lot. Can you tell us what it means to you? Yeah. Um, wellness, I was thinking about the question. I'm just thinking about my own personal experience and how I advocate for health and wellness, but oftentimes I'm the polar opposite of how I live my life because I'm constantly mm -hmm. doing something and not really taking a break at all. But I think like wellness means balance. It's not just the physical, but also the mental knowing like sometimes you're you're like the wheel might move towards like focusing a lot on your mental health. And that means maybe taking a break, maybe seeing a therapist, taking your medication, whatever you need to do, you know, to feel mentally okay. Or it can mean physical. Sometimes like your mental is completely fine, but like physically you just feel exhausted. You're like, I need to go for a run. And that means that pushing a lot of energy towards that. So essentially for me, I think wellness is the balance of the mental and the physical. Once those sort of two are balanced, you've accomplished health and wellness for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're so connected, aren't they? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel very similarly to you in that when, when one is um, not aligned, the other one falls out of line for me. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So connected. Yeah. 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 Um, if people are interested in finding out more about women of color remake wellness or this BIPOC therapist directory, how, how can they do that? So all of the information are accessible on our website. So it's just womenofcolorremakewellness.com. So we have all of our directory and also upcoming events, all that is on the website. And also I'm very active on Instagram. So direct message through the Women of Color Remake Wellness page. I'll try my best to respond immediately, but I often do. And yeah, so that's another way if you just want to say hi, reach out to us or just have any question, we're always happy to help. One of the things that I feel like we're sort of developing now is that we're acting almost as a network. So if you're looking for BIPOC teachers, looking for anything pertaining to BIPOC people or BIPOC women, do reach out to us. I know a lot of connection within the Ottawa area and also beyond. So we're happy to help in that area as well. Hmm. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Great that um, people can just check you out in those ways and check out the work that you've been doing. You've, um, you've been really busy during this pandemic. <laughs> yeah. It's been good. This is, this is a huge thing. I need to be constantly doing something. So I feel like keeping myself busy has definitely helped and just like making things seem normal, but not necessarily normal. So yeah, it's stressful, but it's, I'm happy that I'm doing it and it makes, it brings me joy. So that's the most important thing. Mm. That is important. Oh, yeah. Very important. Thank you for, for all of this work. Um, I will definitely be, be um, referring people to your directory and to your website. So I'm really thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Beatrice. I think like I said, the work you're doing is, is so important. Um, and I think just in doing this work and putting these directories out there as well, you're hopefully, it's hopefully, you know, challenging people's sense of, of, of their privilege and, and why this stuff is important because you need to feel comfortable when you're seeking out mental health or health care services and people need to understand why. Yeah, I'm a privileged white cis woman, like Deb said, wouldn't necessarily, you know, have thought, oh, why is that important to have a directory of, of black physicians or of people of color that are offering therapy, right? So I think even by creating these resources, 
people are feeling challenged and like why that's important. Yeah. Mm. Right. It totally makes sense. I feel like you said it's like really beautiful. It's like making people question their own privilege. I feel like a lot of time when you are part of the dominant group, you're used to seeing other people who look like you. But if you're not part of the dominant group for you to go to a place where you are the only person, you immediately notice like, hey, I'm the only person, what's going on? Mm-hmm. That immediately sort of, you start having those conversations with yourself internally of, do I belong here? Is this space made for me? Why aren't other people who look like me are here? So yeah, so I think allowing people to question their own prohibition, sort of look around next time you're going hiking, climbing, whatever you do, look around, see who's missing and have that conversation with other people like, why is there no other BIPOC people here? <laughs> why is it just mainly white cis male or white cis female? Why is that? And having those questions and questioning what role do you have in actively making that space only for people who look like you and not other people, I think it's really mm-hmm. important. And if we're able to be as a space where people can have those questions, like we're done our job <laughs> because that means that people are questioning their own privilege, privilege and also having those uncomfortable uh, discussions that they would usually not have because again, it's just uncomfortable. People just don't want to question their own privilege privilege, and that's okay, but you do sometimes. And mm-hmm. when it comes to health and wellness, something that everyone should be able to enjoy, you should be able to go to a yoga studio and feel like I can just relax and enjoy my practice having those conversations is necessary and it's very vital, not only for our generation, but also the next generation who are gonna come and be able to make the most out of this space that we are providing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Thank you so what much. A, what a great, yeah, what a great note to end on. Beatrice, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. For you and your puppy's time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, we, we're, we're really happy to have had this conversation and hopefully our paths will cross again. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Bend the podcast is a production of Bend Wellness. For more information, check out our website, bendwellness.org. Thanks for listening.